Hello everybody and welcome to Band in Boston. I am your host, Stephen Ferda. This is a podcast where I and a special guest visit a Boston landmark, location, a thing to do, an activity. Uh, we, we visit it together usually and then we come here and we talk about it. We evaluate it and just kind of discuss our experience and try and make sense of this city, if you can call it that. I, uh, it's been about a month since I recorded the first episode of the show. If, uh, uh, the feedback is good so far. I think people are digging it. Got good artwork by my friend Mukta Oberoi. Uh, I asked another friend to do a theme song, but he has not done it yet. So I think I'm just going to keep using the music I'm using now, which is probably not legal, but I'll just roll with it, I guess. Uh, it's been a stressful month, a lot of stuff just happening here that's not really great. <laughs> um, I, we're recording this with the window open in my apartment because I'm pretty sure my oven is just leaking gas. And the oven doesn't work and the pilot light is not lit, so I think it's just kind of filling the room with gas. So I have to leave the window open so that I don't uh, die of gas poisoning meth. Methane, methane poisoning, is that it's probably bad. it's not methane. It's not. It's, it's not definitely. Methane. Not, I don't think so. I think it's carbon methane. monoxide, probably. Uh, my guest had to jump in. His name is Jack McElfresh. <laughs> Woo! Give it up, <laughs> dude. When you yell, it makes the light on the recorder blink. Yeah, I man. We'll take it down in post, baby. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Honestly, this is exciting, Jack. I'm from the land of the brave, Jack, LA. Jack, you want to just introduce yourself? Uh, my name's Jack. Like, Boston is not a city. It's the worst place I've ever been to in my life. And in fact, I, I mean, I, we're going to talk about MIT today. Yeah. Um, we visited down there. MIT is very close to my heart. Uh, there's this, there was this really anti-Semitic girl in high school. Yeah, this to, is a good basically good like a Nazi Nazi broad, like like Nazi blonde broad. hair, like cream of the crop Hitler salute kind of girl. <laughs> Um, and she goes to MIT. That's how she would raise her hand when she was answering questions. Oh my god, and the question was always about Jews. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, but... I like, if you took, like, U.S. government and politics with her, her questions were always like, uh, yeah, but it's really the Jews that are running it all, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It was really uncomfortable. This is... my, My theory is that I had a crush on her, well, I think she had a crush on me first, and then she found out that I was Jewish, and I think, I think she told her parents, and I think her parents said that uh, Jews were like bad or something and that she shouldn't hang out with me and it was yeah. like really and then I found out that she lived on my street and so I was always worried that I was gonna like run into her they um, definitely she, she definitely shouldn't have hung out with you it's just your <laughs> Judaism yeah. has nothing to do with it <laughs> yeah exactly I don't think she would have liked me anyway but, but yeah so this this story it, yeah, from what I can gather it kind of haunts you because in our time at MIT we were every hallway we turned down every new uh, uh quad we stepped on you just kind of kept your eyes peeled for this yeah. woman I mean it was a punch to my little fluttering heart every every step we took my god <laughs> I'm curious what would you have done if you saw her there I I would have shouted her name and opened my arms up and uh, into into fists and like kind of yeah. oh. prance back and forth like a British man ready to pound it out or whatever. Right, like a Keystone Cop. <laughs> a Keystone Cop, like Sherlock Holmes. What's the deal with that? Like, um, no, I don't know. I guess I would have talked to her. I don't think she would have recognized me. I think I look a lot different since last I saw her. 
um, maybe not How so Jewish. Maybe not as Jewish. Yeah. I hate her. I hate her so much. I like I. I my biggest memory was like I would say tenth grade. Uh, we're in a history class, and there's a slide. We're taking like a break or something, and we're learning about colonialism. I think. And there was a slide up of a guy like cutting off someone's head or something, or like stabbing someone. Right. And she's like, "Look, that's you." And was like laughing and was like pointing to his nose, I guess. And I was like, "What the fuck is going on? Like a big nose murderer? Like Jesus Christ!" And she was like laughing and she was kind of uncomfortable while she was laughing. So I, I, I guess she knew that she was being offensive, but I guess also that her family was. Uh, you know, Nazi or, or uh, anti-Semitic or whatever. Yeah. But she evidently is a, a, a math genius. I mean, she got into MIT and all. Um, her pictures on Facebook don't look so good. I, I feel like she's not <laughs> doing very well at MIT. But uh, she seems kind of desperate. Well, it seems like it's a, a cutthroat environment. Yeah, I mean, it's got... Okay, we got to address this right away. It's it's the highest suicide rate in the country. It, that might not yeah. be true anymore, but a few years ago it was. And I think the average is one a year. But um, it's just depressing. It's not that it's not MIT because I've been to s- schools that are similar. I, I have some friends that's at similar, like you know Stanford, say. But yeah. Stanford's like a beautiful, happy environment, huge campus. MIT is just just so happens to be the worst city in the worst city on the planet. Yeah, I was just gonna say like it's not the material that's hard; it's living. No, here. definitely not. I mean, the, you know, it's like. I guess math completes these these nerds, these fucking goddamn nerds. That's the thing with MIT also is that they're just nerds. I mean, they're nerds. They have to be pummeled. And my God, if they don't give me that lunch money, like, it's ridiculous. I can't imagine actually wanting to go to a school which has has the name Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Yeah, yeah. And also a big thing there, it seems like... You might as well just put tape over your glasses (laughs) before they even break. (laughs) Exactly. Um, yeah, no, definitely a lot of nerds, but really, uh, what we want to talk about today is not the experience of MIT as a whole, because, uh, what we found, and this totally really iterates why Boston is A, not a city, and B, the worst place on earth, uh, is that we, we are heading down there because there was a dumpling festival next to MIT. Right, there's a dump, there was a dump, uh, a week ago, there was a dumpling festival in Central Square, along Massachusetts Avenue. It was supposed to be a lot of restaurants uh, serving dumplings uh, for a dollar. No less in honor of a, a famous In honor chef. of Patty Chen, yeah. uh, who I assume must be famous. Oh, she's she, famous. She, the thing about Dumpling Festival is that they should have called it Disaster Festival. This <laughs> oh thing God. was a disaster. <laughs> disaster! From, from the very start, I just knew I was not going to have a good time at the Dumpling Festival. I mean, festival. to sum it up, like, it's uh, hundreds of people in a line, and guess what? There's no dumplings in the yeah, first, first place. First of all, there were five restaurants that were serving dumplings, yeah. at least two of which do not actually serve dumplings. Yeah. One was uh, uh, called Thelonious Nacos Tacos or, or something tacos, like that, yeah. and I'm pretty sure they must have had a pinatas. Yeah. There was a Zuzu, which is connected to the Middle East, and mm-hmm. they are at a Mediterranean restaurant, so they yeah. don't deserve, uh, they don't serve dumplings. Then there was, there was the Dosa East. Factory, which I don't know if they were serving actual dumplings. No, I don't think so. I think they were serving samosas um, or something. Then Thelonious Monkfish. Yeah, which seemed to be the biggest line. They they had a very well. And the, the coolest the name, longest so. line was actually Patty Chen's Dumpling Room. We oh, so that was even, a real thing. Yeah, we didn't even go near that. I didn't even okay. consider it because their line was out the door. I mean, by the time uh, we even got the to the front so of the line. Far. Well, yeah. Well, here's the thing. So basically, when I heard Dumpling Festival, I assumed we're gonna 
could be in this parking lot or something and get Momo where there's going to be a lot of uh, carts and tables and people just selling dumplings and sort of like if you go to Smorgasburg and Williamsburg or I'm sure LA has yeah, plenty like, of like steam in the air, you know. Yeah, there's just the four dollars. There's chalk writing, you know, which dumplings they're serving. Yeah. And stuff. Um, but really, it was just a chance for these restaurants to bring a table outside with some like and make some more of those money. like heating pl- uh, plates with the circular candles that you have at like birthday <laughs> yeah. parties. Yeah, they're you definitely candles. About. Yeah, they're candles. <laughs> circular flames of some sort. Um, really, it was just that. It underneath tents on the street. Well, some of them didn't even have tents. I mean, it really wasn't like a festival at all. There were no signs. There was nothing. Right. There was no... If you didn't know about this ahead of time, you would, you would have been very confused as to what was going on. Because there was no organization. These restaurants were not banded together. Yeah. Uh, but we got there, and we we knew we weren't going to be able to hit more than one restaurant. Yeah, I mean, we were like we had probably an hour and a half, and the lines were right. The hundred. The festival people. started at one. It was supposed to end at three. Yeah. We were getting into a line around one thirty. So our original plan was we were gonna hit Thelonious Monkfish because it's the greatest restaurant name of all time. Yeah, maybe. it's so good. Um, our mutual love for the man himself was right. Like, he must have good dumplings. Right. I wanted to eat those dumplings straight. No chaser. Um, <laughs> Maybe I think if I opened a if a card just off the top of my head, I'd call it Donald Trumplings, and I think a lot of people would buy them. That would <laughs> that would have been flying off the shelves. Yeah, literally in these past flying, few months. Flying. Uh, uh, we were gonna go to Thelonious Monkfish. However, the line was very very long, <sighs> like four hundred people. And we we realized that if we got into the line by the time we got to the front yeah which was true the also. festival was technically right this is what i'm trying to get to is that yeah. the festival would have ended turns out thelonious monkfish they ran out of dumplings so a lot of people waited in line and then just yeah, got like two o'clock kicked to the around. curb yeah um so we got in line for uh zuzu mm. uh, the the middle east if you've ever been there yeah it's a a club. It's like a restaurant, venue. and then next door there's like a like a club. There's an upstairs and downstairs. Um, like Frankie Cosmos is playing there. Yeah, Frankie that. Cosmos. I saw Aloe Darlin there. Mm. Uh, um, but we got in line at Zuzu, and I knew that Zuzu was not gonna have dumplings. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. I think but we, we were. were I mean, hungry. we'd settle for falafel. We, we were, were just kind of like, we I, yeah, I could have been down for some falafel. They had yeah. like spinach and meat pies of some sort, which. Yeah. People were walking out of the line, and they looked pretty good. Yeah. So we get into line, and this line situation at oh uh, Zuzu is nothing short of a disaster. <laughs> I don't... I've tried to tell people about the line before, and I haven't quite figured out the best way to do it. Do you think you could give our listeners a yeah. spatial... So he, uh, this is how it is, is that the Middle East acts on a corner, the... The venue is on a corner, and then the restaurant is right next door, and they had us curve around the venue part, which is all the way around the corner. So we're blind. We don't know what's going around that corner. We don't know how the line is going to end up. Steve and I are waiting there for 30 minutes, listening to people talk about their, whatever, schoolwork and how hard it is. The line... The line, it's on. It's basically all on the side of the building. Yeah. And the, the entrance of Zuzu is where the table is set up, and the line sort of goes to the curb and around like the there's this like en- the, energy like you know one of those power supply uh, minions yeah one like, of those <laughs> giant metal box guys sometimes they're like painted with like coltrane's face or yeah. something with like a quote from <laughs> abraham lincoln you know 
but the problem was that it was right next to a crosswalk, and so we right. were we were obstructing, quote unquote. Right. And so the line so, kind of thought it would be best to curve around this giant uh, metal minion. The metal minion and the uh, crosswalk pole with the little walkie little guy. guy. Yeah, the, the white guy. walkie guy. Like they, the line basically goes around that. Basically, if you're, a, it kind of it starts along the building and then goes around, follows the curb, and then yeah. curves all the way around. If this sounds confusing, the by the way, it was very confusing. It was confusing as but someone who this was is, there. This is the worst part: is that the line was so long that someone we don't know who took it upon themselves to form an additional line for the people who reach the front. Um, yeah, basically, on the side of the. There's of the, two phases to the line. Yeah. Like you go in, you're in this first phase which takes you along the building and around yeah, the metal box and then then you kind of hit this point where you step from the first line to the second line which kind of runs across the table as if you were like moving through a buffet yeah which would make sense too because you don't just step right up to the table like right then it would go slower because it's one by one so someone right. came up with the idea of like okay well let's make the line so that it's like in a row but of course the whole line couldn't go there because then you'd be in front of all these shops right. and so we're in that line we've been waiting for fucking 30 minutes 35 minutes by the time least. we get to the front all the people now that have caught up from the curving around the minion line basically are like, all the people what the who fuck are is going us. on with the second yeah. line people, they're just cutting people think the second line is people who are coming from the other direction and yeah, just cutting, cutting the through. line yeah as they, if we didn't notice that there was a they giant they didn't line. realize that we paid our dues yeah, on the side of exactly. the building and so all these people People so are staring people at us. People are looking at us, and not only are they looking at us, they're talking to and us. And they're cutting us, too. There's, there's yelling going on. The yeah. owners, the people who are serving Zuzu's dumplings, yeah. they don't know what's going and on. And they're just like, it's a nice day out, guys. Yeah, they're <laughs> just like, hey, at least the sun is shining and yeah. the birds are chirping. Like, fix like, fuck you. Yeah, like, I've been in line sucks. for 50 fucking minutes. Yeah, seriously. So then we hit this point. Basically, the two lines are at a gridlock. Because the people in the long line are angry. Yeah, Very so angry. angry. And what's the point of being angry before you get falafel? I mean, my God, you're already not getting dumplings. Right. You're already. You've already agreed. Like to you take already a lost. On this one. Yeah. Yeah. The two lines are at a gridlock, and yeah. so our line, all the people who are technically in front, it stops moving. Yeah. They start serving people from the long line because yeah. people from the long line are getting agitated. And the, But even better is that the more people that get served from the long line, the less people know about what we are, right. about our short line. Right. And so, so we get the first five people, and one, one lady tried to stay and explain it to the the rest of people yeah but there was one i mean this young woman looked at me and she's like oh uh, yeah we've been waiting for 30 minutes yeah i'm like yeah yeah, great 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 this yeah. one person literally looks at me and goes yeah i mean like i was on the side of the building yeah there's a line that curves around the I, building i'm I, like yeah yeah I yeah i turned and looked at her and then looked away <laughs> yeah, i i kind of wanted to explain it and i was like just forget i want them to hate me Right. Like there line. was nothing we could do. Anyway, so we're in this line 35, 40, 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah. Finally, I'm close enough that I can see what I can order at Zuzu. Yeah. I see falafel, see some baklava. Yeah. Got hummus and... Baklava is uh, a little too sweet, by the way. That's a <laughs> yeah, the, oh, we'll get there. Uh, the... the Baklava, and then they've got these spinach pies and meat pies. So yeah. I, I look they at... They ran out, I think, of one of them. This is what I'm saying. I say to Jack, okay, here's what I'm going to order. I'm getting a spinach pie, getting two falafel, and I'm getting and a baklava. baklava. Yeah. As I say this, the, all of the remaining spinach pies are scooped up by whoever's yeah. in front of us. So all me and Jack have to choose from is falafel and baklava. Yeah. We each buy 
two falafel balls and two two pieces of baklava. So that's $4 a piece because it's Dumpling Fest and you're saving money. Yeah, I guess. be prepared to waste your time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Did we save money? I mean, if it was a dumpling, like, is that a good price for falafel? I don't know. I think that's, like, pretty, you know. It's not a great price. Two falafels for $1. In New York, you can get a falafel... Sandwich or like a falafel pita pocket for three fifty four dollars. Yeah, at like a great place. So in a way, we didn't save money. Not at all. Anyway, we get our falafel, and now it's finally time for us to walk to MIT. We carved it out a solid two and a half hours. Now we're down to like fifty minutes. Yeah, I don't know. We lost a lot of time. A lot of time. The falafel was not good. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that the falafel wasn't that good. I mean, we had some hummus, the hummus to help us. I didn't. But I don't. I don't. I don't really like hummus. I skipped out on the hummus. <clears throat> well, just, uh, <laughs> for the, just for the record. Uh, yeah. So uh, another anti-Semite. Little did I know was in my midst. It's you. It's me. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't like hummus. Because I don't like hummus. At least eat it in front of me. Oh, to be to polite. You included. Yeah. I don't know, dude. Also, here's the thing, though. The way they were serving us this food, it's all going in this little plastic container, the falafel, the baklava, and then the hummus. And hummus and baklava, I'm definitely not going to like that. No question. No way. So I just knew, skip the hummus, don't even risk it. (laughs) Yeah, it was a risk Um, for sure. And that was it. So, yeah, falafel, disappointment, dumpling fest, huge disappointment. I want to say... That afterwards, I went on the Facebook event for the Dumpling Fest. The yeah. thing that brought yeah, me there the in the first too. place. Yeah. And literally, the entire page is just people complaining. Like, how the fuck do you call this a festival? Yeah. There weren't even any dumplings. Thelonious Monkfish closed down an hour in advance. Yeah, I was waiting All for this nothing. Stuff. And yeah. here's the very best part. I don't even think I told you about this, Jack. Yeah. The owner of Patty Chen's is commenting on every single one of these. And he's like, Whoa. oh, there were no dumplings? Patty Chen's was open and we served every single person in line hell yeah for every dumpling for a dollar patty chen's did it and he's saying <laughs> this to every single person who complains yeah, yeah. he's just taking them down uh whatever their complaint is he finds a way to show them that no matter what they think patty chen's was the place to be right and that's fine but then why don't you just have it be patty chen's and not yeah. include these other restaurants that maybe the other restaurants got mad you know like why can't like why don't we be a part of this because we're in the square you know well this was technically the fifth annual dumpling fest i i just crazy because I took, it's been like this for I took, five well, years yeah, i took a gander on the page for 2015 and it's the same complaints the fourth annual dumpling <laughs> fest was exactly the same thing and again nobody liked it and then the dumpling fest organizers comment we're gonna fix this for next year yeah. and no they did the same did. thing yeah, yeah exactly but wait my favorite thing about it is that on the page you get the sense that it's like yeah, like, it was shitty. I had a shitty time. I wasted my fucking time. See you next year. Yeah. You know, like, what's going on? And I think that they, I, I, I kind of believe that Bostonites want to do that. I think they want to suffer. They want to yell they at each other. They want things to complain about. Yeah, like, they will come next year and they will do the exact same thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, I will not, if I'm still in Boston yeah, next fall, I will not be at the Dumpling Festival. No way. But we, we do have to mention, though, that before the Dumpling Festival, we went to Burismo, the hip little coffee place. Yeah, we've got some food that's good. 
They've got some... Uh, my friend Dylan was working there, and he gave me a bunch of free coffee, which was too much coffee, and then I was fucking freaking yeah. out the rest Jack of the day. Jack was wired. I was straight up wired. I got this coffee beer. They call it Nitro. Yeah, that's... Oh, a, my God. Yeah. <laughs> what the they've, fuck? They've got a hot draft. They've got these, they've like, got a, oak uh, handles. Draft, draft. They just pour drafts. Like It's very bizarre, it's bizarre. in Burismo. Yeah. They've got uh, that, like, shitty art, like, you know, watercolor, like... Portraits. Yeah, they've got the really bad art on the walls, <laughs> but it's kind of good. You know? They it's also like, they have sense. a kids table for kids. It's yeah, this it's was a what I was worried about. Like twelve inches off the ground with very tiny chairs. And yeah, the first and there's, time I went and to there's coloring books. I think it's and stuff yeah, there's too. coloring books and uh, uh, just children's books. Yeah, and like magazines, the trees, the like tree of life. What's it called? <laughs> magazines. The just, uh, I don't know what it's called. Highlights. Put Playboy. Maybe that one too. <laughs> I mean, that's Max. what I was reading when I was sitting at the. Wait, wait, what are, what are they all called? Like Maxim, Maxim, Hustle, Hustler, Hustler. I don't, I don't know, dude. I've never picked up a, a single page. But um, what I was now. really worried, <laughs> what I was worried about is that boobs. What I was worried about is that uh, I was joking around with my friend, and you know he like gets it, and I'm like, Dylan, a crazy the man who works here. Around. Yeah, yeah. And I was being all crazy and whatever in front of his manager, and Dylan gave me a bunch of free coffee. And then before we left, Dylan was sitting in the little kitty chairs talking to the two, what I assume looked like the owners. And he was kind of like defensive, it looked like. And then he was like laughing, like anxiously. And maybe I was just reading into it, but it kind of seemed like it was like, I fired him. I think I fired him. (laughs) I think I got him fired. Have you checked in with Dylan? I haven't. I haven't seen him. I hope he's all right. You actually haven't seen him. I haven't seen him. I have not seen him. You have a class with this man. I have not seen so him. So you would normally in see fact, him. In fact, I did see him. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't remember, but uh, he dyed his hair. Congrats. Well, I feel like... I think I drank too much coffee and they were like put off by that. Like, no one drinks that much it coffee. It wasn't that much coffee, dude. <laughs> it was so much, I dude. I think if you got him fired, he probably would have said something to you. Yeah, no, Angri- I definitely didn't get him fired. Angrily or And I saw another one of my friends uh, today. We were at some type of... Uh, doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah. we're walking through uh, MIT trying to find the Nazi. Okay, the Nazi yeah. So we, bar, we, bar, we falafel in hand, we make it to MIT. We yeah. have, we have no plan. My hand's really. sticky. I need to pee. I've got the sticky baklava fingertips. I want to make it clear. It was Jack's idea for this episode to be about MIT. Yeah, I, so I yeah. assumed he was gonna have a lot to bring to the table. Yeah, I do. I feel um, like. no, it's okay. I mean, I'm sure you do, <laughs> but I mean, we got there and it was just sort of aimless. Like we didn't really yeah, have a plan. Yeah. It was just like okay, let's just take it in. Yeah, and that was kind of nice. We got into the main building or one there of the main buildings. There were a lot of kids playing outside. There were yeah, a lot of, like, there's a lot of activity on the campus. Yeah. It's a big campus. You know, people are um, carrying like little baskets of Quidditch equipment and stuff like that. You know, yeah. nerd stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We did make our way to the athletic fields. We we MIT. and we, then we stood in the man of numbers, the number man. Right. Do you know anything about what that is or what, who made that? Why it's there? No, I don't. But I can say that it's a sculpture made of metal, yeah. made of numbers. If you can believe that. Yeah, it's it's metal <laughs> shaped into numbers, which yeah. then shapes into or a numbers man. shaped into. Anyway, it's really stupid. But we, we went to the main building. I think that's really why I wanted to go to MIT is that just to walk the halls and see the... They have that, like, beautiful metal, uh, you know, 
plan or whatever of the of the whole building and all yeah. the underground floors and stuff. It's like really amazing. And there's all those like weird like ex professors I'm assuming who are like juggling balls and dropping them and watching them fall <laughs> yeah, across the floor. There are a lot of people juggling on the like MIT psychopaths. Campus. They're psychopaths. Yeah, it's um, insane. They have the way the campus is sort of set up is they have obviously all these rooms where they're doing experiments and stuff. Yeah, they've got machines moving around. They've got computers. Those guys could be robots or whatever. And all of those rooms have like windows. Uh, yeah. So that you can see in and see what's going on, as if yeah. to say, yeah, we're at work here. Yeah, they're all like the the eyeball room in Blade Runner with that the guy you know it's it's like all cold and everything. They all look like that. Yeah, um, we and uh, there are certain. I mean, I can't say I re- have retained too much from this. There was that green motorcycle thing. Yeah, yeah, there was a little cart. It was like a kind of a tricycle, but it was built into a golf cart, and it ran on uh, some kind of uh, self-sufficient, like, energy, like, just solar or something, but it works really well. The idea is that this is supposed to replace uh, the motorcycle to save the environment. But if you go and look this thing up, it misses the reason why people like motorcycles, which is that they look cool. Yeah, this looks like a child, like... Like a like a chair or something. Yeah, it looks at, like, like Chuck e. it looks like it would have a steering wheel and then pedals. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? It looks like a like a one of the sh- ships from Pikmin. Like it just doesn't. Yeah. It's nothing like a car. It's nothing like a motorcycle. It's a geek machine. There's not a single person who would be caught dead driving. And it's green. And it's green. It should not be green. Like at least then make it black or something. Put stickers on it. My God. Yeah. It's unreal. Um, but that was that was I think the one experiment type thing I saw there that I really remember. Yeah. The rest um, were just like ducks and like microscopes and stuff and like graphs on like uh, data sampling and whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> there was a lot of actually, it was like a, there was a test on display of magnetic data storage, which is, sounds really interesting to me, but I'm really fascinated with like kinds of data storage and like people trying to store data by like coding genetic code into water like they'll take binary of like say a picture or a book and then they'll convert it into genetic code and you'll have like a tiny vial of water with a little bit of like i don't know goop you know that you can't see that's like basically dna of the book and so you can store you know 700 terabytes in a tiny little one ounce vial of water and then how do you bring that back Hey, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Oh, no, they no, don't what you that. do is you encode you the sequence knock it back. back into... Yeah, you straight up... It, it you take a shot of that Burismo beer, baby. You're downloading 700 terabytes of books straight into that little brain of In yours. that little... Yeah, actually, I think I, I put that in a piece of writing that I made recently, actually. But anyway, this is whatever. Yeah, we're not most of the, talk about that. The two things that I remember the most from MIT is feeling like I was standing on top of, like, nuclear research. And the second was, like... <laughs> I, I saw, seeing this, like, old guy who kind of looked like a professor, but totally, like, out of his mind, juggling balls for not more than three seconds, like, all these red bouncy balls, and just letting them fall. Yeah. And he, it's like he's he was standing, watching his life fall in apart hallway. in shambles. And the, 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 the balls just start rolling across the floor, bouncing across the floor, this big marble hallway. People are jumping out of the way. Yeah, I'm hopping over him. It's kind of fun. He, he, I want to point out, he's wearing a shirt. That says like juggling dot com. Yeah, like yeah. That, as if he's a part of a juggling group, but yeah. he's really not very good at it. And then there was the guy outside doing the bowling pins. Bowling you know? pins. He's got like juggle, weird yeah. owl hair. Like Jesus oh, of course. Christ! 
No, but most of the time spent at MIT was just walking down the halls and looking at all the clubs and the pictures of the clubs on the walls because I wanted to, of course, find the Nazi bride. Yeah, Jag is searching hard for dirt. <laughs> I'm like, I'm um, looking at all the like super religious groups on campus, like trying to figure out, you know, Jack's what like, group she Jack's would like, be in. Oh yeah, of course she's in a sorority. She <laughs> yeah. must be in one of these. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it turns out she was. We, we I looked on her Facebook page and she's definitely in a sorority. That's for sure. Yeah. In fact, the only two pictures she's posted from college have been from two sorority events, which is kind of freaky to me. Now, besides this uh, Nazi uh, paramour Vixen. of yours, <laughs> what, what made you want to do this episode on MIT? Like, what, why are you drawn to MIT? I, I really, I respect MIT in a lot of ways. And one of them is that I read a book called, um, it's a very famous book, called Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman, about... Yes. Uh, Richard Feynman, who was a very famous physicist, he worked on the bomb, but that wasn't his most important research. Um, but it, he he had this kind of like samba band or something, and the book is is the stories heard from one of the drummers over the years, um, and he wrote them down and like recorded them, I think. Um, but anyway, he his stories about MIT are really wonderful, and and talks about how there was just you know. It's beautiful on the outside, then you go into the classrooms and where all the really good research is going on and all the expensive equipment and there's just wires hanging from the ceiling and they have no idea what certain things do and it's just this like battleground for scientific discovery. And the way he described it, it was so makeshift and so fun and about just like blowing stuff up and trying to really figure stuff out. And actually he came at like the perfect time of where they just were inventing stuff all the time, like new kinds of science. And so no one really knew what they were doing. Everything was exciting. And so Richard Feynman really, and also Richard Feynman's a wonderful character, very interesting guy. And so it was a really interesting book and I, I really, I really loved it. And I read up on a lot of research on the bomb and some more stuff about MIT. Yeah. And then recently my dad is a software engineer and he's always really been into engineering and he's done it for a job a long time ago. And um, he started taking a thermodynamics course from this thing at MIT called Open Course. Right. Where, and uh, I found out that, if, you know, a few good schools, like a, lot, a bunch of the Ivy Leagues have this. But um, you can literally go on the MIT website, search thousands of courses, and not all of them, but some of them have lecture videos, lecture notes from last year, you know. Yeah. Problem sets and their solutions, everything yeah. um, on it's quantum physics one. Right, on it's the resources to, space propulsion. To, to teach yourself these things that people go to MIT to study. Yeah, I mean, you can you can literally take the full course on, the graduate course, on holographic duality and string theory if you want to, for free. You don't get credit for it, unfortunately. Harvard uh, does a similar thing. Some of their classes you do get credit, but you have to pay a, a small fee. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's really interesting. I mean, they'll even have a class on, say, you know... Um, Latin cinema. So you're taking a class. I'm MIT. taking the class, yeah. What, taking, what's the class? I am taking the quantum physics one. But it's, it's at first I wanted to take this um, intro to propulsion systems class. And then I realized, well, I haven't done math since high school. And it's like <laughs> the hardest math I've ever attempted at understanding. Yeah, I mean, I never said we're like in art school. We don't need math. <laughs> we don't need that shit. The most math I, I do. I haven't seen a number in 
three years. The most math I do is like, do I tip this woman? Oh, you have to add up. Are you gonna be shooting? like, am I gonna Venmo Owen nine dollars or ten dollars? Are you gonna? Be, you have to add up like how many millimeters your film is gonna be. Yeah, exactly. Sixteen. You have to add up how long your dolly track is gonna like, be. Like how many takes? One. <laughs> like whatever. Like I don't know. How many cuts I have? Yeah, I, I, it doesn't really get... You have to time out to make sure every shot is forced. <laughs> my favorite thing in, in, at Emerson is, like, I'm, I'm, we're doing color developing in, in my class, and everyone is like, oh, God, I miss doing this math. I'm like, math? What are you talking about? <laughs> Set a timer on your phone for four minutes. They're like, we're do- it's like we're doing an experiment. I'm like, what? You're, you, you're timing out something? Like, there's a, you know a four-step process, like, how to develop film. Um, but, yeah, I mean... I I don't know if I'm smart enough to to do quantum physics one. I might actually have to go back and take calculus uh, again, and then take calculus two yeah. from MIT's Open Course because some of the, I mean, the first problem set is kind of easy. I mean, not easy obviously, but it's word problems, and they're all on the lecture, and it it kind of makes sense. It's kind of like understandable. But the second one is is very difficult. It's on electron behavior. And some of the equations I, do, I don't understand. I don't know calculus that well. I don't know the kind of linear algebra that they're talking about. I just don't understand it. I don't know anything. Yeah. And especially when the lectures I'm watching do not match up to the problem sets. The problem sets are from two years before. And so it's a different professor altogether. And this professor's talking to me, all right, get those problem sets and blah, blah, blah. So I'm, I'm using those lectures, the new lectures from last year. And these problem sets are from uh, 2013, and couldn't so it's like you, I'm completely you just confused. Watch the lectures from 2013, or does it not work? I like think that? they they yeah they replace the with it with the newest one at whenever they can. But they try to have a culmination of all the greatest class, like all the best times they've had the class, like the most interesting or something, or like the best resource version of that class. They try to make it like that, you know, like whatever. They take the best classes from all the years and try to like put the best from each right. one. So I'm assuming that these. Problem sets are probably the most clear, right. you know, or something like that. But it's 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 really difficult so far. I there was one lecture on one of the first lectures. Uh, it's on the five. It was on experimental facts of life in general, and the whole lecture was about how to prove to someone, like by talking about the experiments and explaining to someone uh, how we found out that photons exist, how light patterns work, how electron uh, movement works, and how those tests work, and how we figured out. The behavior of electrons and and what's called superposition, uh, um, and like superimposed electrons, superimposition stuff like that, um, and how to pr- uh, prove radiation, light rays in general, radio waves, all this stuff. I mean, it's so fascinating, so interesting. I never knew how uh, what a Geiger counter worked, and basically, like the general idea. I I'm not gonna like ex- I'll explain it in the simplest way possible. Is that you have a little box, it's got a gear. And you crank it up, and you crank it up to whatever until it sparks, basically, right? It's got this, like, metal gear, and you're just, like, winding this little box up. And inside the box, all these electrons are bouncing around until it reaches a certain level, and it sparks. And this guy, Geiger, was like, all right, I'm going to fill this box with noble gas. And so I'm going to get it to a point where it's almost sparking at all times. It's, it's basically as if it's cranked up, about to spark. And that's what a Geiger counter is, is that you have this box that's always at the level where it's just about to spark. All it needs is extra electrons. But instead of the, you know, crank, you just walk through radiation. And so when it sparks and makes that crackling sound, and the more it crackles, as you see in movies, the more radiation, like, yeah. you know, 
um, the more it crackles, the more radiation you're around because there's extra electrons passing through the box. There's like all these irradiated electrons just passing straight through. Right. And that's what sets it off and it, it sparks. And it's like, I would never have come up with that on my own. I never would have thought of that. You know what I mean? Well, absolutely like, not. And that's what I'm saying is like, I, my dad started taking a thermodynamics course because he's building this like solar thing. I uh, can't say too much about it. Yeah, it sounds um, <laughs> like he's going to shoot himself into space Yeah, or he's going to commit suicide in a very ritualistic way. But the... He's uh, putting solar panels all over his body. Yeah, he's actually he's just tanning. power. <laughs> he just wants to figure out how to tan. Get a perfect tan. Um, no, but he... I, it kind of inspired me to get back into math and get back into learning this kind of stuff and forget how I do all the problem sets and what I learn and whatever and maybe I won't go back to take calculus. Maybe I'll just watch all the lectures Yeah. because I'm really learning some pretty interesting stuff that I never would have learned otherwise, especially at this goddamn fucking school at Emerson College. Well, that's beside the point. <laughs> Let's say I'm... No, it's got here. nothing to do with it. We actually have a science lab. I've been in the science lab. And I, the, had, <laughs> I took a class in there. Oh, really? We've got microscopes. <laughs> yeah, the, the most sciencey that I've been at Emerson is scratching little smiley faces onto my film. <laughs> and, like, putting, like, little, like, stickers of grenades, like, <laughs> punch-holed into frames. No, I took an actual genuine science class with Emerson. with like like experiments and stuff yeah it was uh the class was mostly about genetics what was it well i'm in the honors program <laughs> oh! so it was the meow, honors meow, meow. It's the honors seminar <laughs> all the honors students get to take this science class and it's taught yeah. by a very they all get to or they have to i mean you have to <laughs> right. you get to you get the opportunity to. <laughs> get to um, have to but you have to be an honor to take it. Yeah. Um, so you do, in a way, get to. But you also <laughs> have to. But, I mean, it's taught by this really lovely lady. A couple of the experiments are cool. I just, I mean, I blocked most of it from my memory because I hated it every moment of it. Um, yeah. I mean, that's why I'm here. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm like a very like creative person. So yeah. numbers and stuff, it's just not really for me. <laughs> I've just kind of passed. Would you not say that scientific discovery requires creative thinking? Uh, dude, I don't know. Put a camera in front of me. I can show you some creative thinking, man. Yeah, I, can, I can count to five on my finger in front of a camera. The only number I have to know is three. Rule of thirds, baby. <laughs> it's a photography term if you don't yeah, know. Yeah, rule of thirds is like every good photo. It's when you, you take see. your iPhone and line up the lines with like things that you're taking a picture of. Any photo you've taken, just draw lines on it. That's rule of thirds. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know, but... I think it's it's uh, in a way it's admirable that you're taking your time to do this class just for your own self to just blow your brain up with science knowledge that you couldn't get here because like yeah. if you come to I Emerson, think I just need that release if you come right to Emerson now. you know you're not gonna I'm be taking gonna science that, classes you know? yeah I mean I know we have like a statistics course here but my God I'll, I'll never take it you know yeah Why I mean we I have those like classes that? but you don't have to much. take them and I've taken statistics and, in high school it's like yeah guys. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think MIT is also fascinating because of the suicide rate and the Nazi girl, but also just, like, the fact oh, that... Oh, the suicide rate thing. That reminded me of a story oh. uh, that my Latin teacher told me. My Latin teacher His in dad? high school... No, he's still alive. Okay. Um, he was a very smart man. Uh, he, I believe, was, like, 15 when he got accepted to Princeton, oh. which is where he ended up graduating from. But while he was touring colleges, he toured Dartmouth. Yeah. Uh, this is probably mid-60s. Okay. Uh, and this is when Dartmouth had the highest suicide rate. And, like, he wow. knew that going in. So yeah. he, supposedly... So he was looking out for, for on the tops of buildings or something? He supposedly, 
He's driving through the campus on his way to his interview when a body falls onto his car. Oh my god. Someone threw themselves out of a Dartmouth building and landed on the hood of his car. I believe it. I, I don't know, but it's it's a powerful image. I mean, you know, you make stuff up when you're that young. <laughs> you think, Especially when you're a goddamn nerd I mean, who gets into college early. I mean, now he's 65 when he's telling that story to people. Yeah. 60, 65. So mm. it could be true. That's an amazing story. I would. I try. I think I tried to do research on it. Wait, back do you, in high wait. Do you think it was on like purpose? Like he suicide. had like a Dartmouth sweatshirt, and he's like the dead body is just hanging, looking in the car. You know, and he's like so traumatized that he has to go to Dartmouth. Or maybe it's like the rival school. He's wearing the rival sweatshirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, oh, maybe like, they, that school spirit. Oh, you think they do that for every tour? They just yeah. They, they have they, to. They sacrifice someone with bad grades. Yeah, they they, they lure the bad grades <laughs> idiot and just three hundred them off the edge. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's funny. That's really cool. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I mean, the suicide rate thing is one thing. I definitely felt the suicide rate by proxy, (laughs) you know, like being around Boston in the winter last year, I kind of felt that I was at MIT, if you know what I'm saying. Well, MIT, it has, it's very secluded in a way. It really does feel like a campus when you're there, which is nice. And all the concrete buildings. They've got, And the strange, like, like Nosferatu building that Noam Chomsky teaches in. Yeah, they've got all these, like, curvy buildings that look like tin cans. (laughs) Yeah. uh, It's, yeah, they've got all these sculptures for smart schools. You remember that animated movie, Robots? (laughs) Yes. buildings from that movie (laughs) they look like robots movies yeah covered in oil or whatever but yeah they're all wacky and spooky but uh yeah i don't know i i I don't know what halloween town is but i've heard people say it before and i figure it looks like that's what mit is based on yeah i figured (laughs) but i don't if you've ever seen uh what what's it what's that guy's the guy who made the film about is the man who is tall happy? What's his name? Michel Gondry. Michel Gondry, yeah. He so the man is the man who's tall is happy. Whatever, blah, 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 who cares? Yeah. Yeah, about Noam Chomsky just talking about general facts that like if you don't watch, you know, if you watch it like after you're fourteen, you're not gonna think it's interesting whatsoever. Probably. <laughs> I mean, the the animation is interesting. Don't get me wrong, but if you're listening to this and you think, hey, that's my favorite movie, or what's something, he like, Turn like, it what, off. Give me some. Uh, give me the general gist of what he's Chomsky's like. Well, laying down. this is the like. This is the way the world is set up, and if we just work together, it'd be chill. You know, like he's like Middle East, Middle East. Like, chill out, chomp boy. But he did film it with a bolex, which is near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Because of course it's featured in Infinite Jazz. <laughs> no, we work with bolexes in uh, at Emerson. At Emerson. Bolexes yeah. are the cameras used to film the. Take shelter, boys and girls, under your desk. There's a bomb. Like, like the Russians are, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, those videos were filmed with the bomb. And that's what they're having us make at Emerson is more PSAs about the bomb. Yeah, except the PSAs are how not to make a short film, you know? Like, yeah, whatever. apparently. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, um, yeah. But if you've ever seen that, they show the, the wacky-tacky building. That Noam Chomsky. At least that's where the interview. You took can place. Google it probably. You can probably type into. In Google fact, I would say Noam if you Chomsky. if you Google the film, um, or just type in yeah linguistics department. I'm assuming because that's what he teaches. Um, maybe that will come up, or maybe if it's not the building, maybe if they were just in his office or something. Uh, I thought his name was. It's, no- it's iconic. The image from the from the documentary. I so thought his name was Noah Chomsky until Noah? Like a year ago. No, that's because you're anti-Semitic. His name is Noam. It's Noam. Noam. Noam Chomsky. Noam. Noam. 
No. People say Noam, but it's Noam. It's a, it's a Hebrew name. It's a Jewish name. I'm not anti-Semitic. Let You're anti-Semitic. I just thought his name was Noah. I no, I, I grew up with, with all his books in my house. Or I, up until that point, I mean, he writes a book like every year. But, yeah. you know, so I, I, I guess I, I had the inside look on him. I definitely called him Noah for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a common mistake because Noam is not a fucking name. It's not a name, <laughs> you know? I mean, I guess I never saw it in print. I guess it's just a name for a nerd. Like, I guess nerd name. There must be so many nerd names at MIT. Also, another thing at MIT is people wear shirts that say Tim, which is, of course, MIT backward. And that's like, you know, that's like as high as the irony goes at MIT. I, did you see those shirts while we were there? No, I was just know I was, about it. Yeah, I know about it. I like I saw like a a, a picture of uh, the, the my Nazi vex whatever, at like at a some kind of sports event or something, and she was wearing that. And a lot of people were wearing that. But looking back, it could also have been an iPhone selfie. On, you know, it's just reversed camera, and it just said Tim. Very clever. <laughs> no, wow. but I think it was. I think you it was think actually it was Tim. No. Now I'm confused. I think Tim is definitely. As I'm sure my fan. listeners are. <laughs> yeah. No. Anyway, there's a bunch of fucking nerds at MIT. It sucked, and we got like falafel or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. About half of this podcast was about the falafel. It really was something else. It was very like iterating the point about Boston being so bad. I mean, I, mean just... I guess I don't. I don't want to say that in particular, but I do feel like. In literally any other city. Oh, also, the past couple days, Stephen and I are walking around, and people are touching us. Touching! Yeah, we've been getting accosted a lot. It's it's unbelievable. Last night, in our 30-minute commute home from the seaport to where I live, we were accosted by three separate people. One was, like, one was dressed... As like uh, no, let's Santa. go chronological. Okay, let's I don't go know. chronological. The they ramp up in intensity. The, guy the first who said, one is like, Do we're, well we're in State Street. Yeah, station <laughs> inside the station, waiting for the tea. A man grabs us by the shoulders, spins us around. Yeah, we're spinning. We're spinning like dreidels. I'm rotating, baby. <laughs> dreidels, waiting to land on Gimel. Hopefully, he maybe he spins us around. He slaps hands with all of us. It's Hanukkah. He lights our candles. <laughs> he shakes my hand and he's like, excuse me. I'm like, what? Yeah. And then I think he knew that I was like disappointed already. Yeah. And so he was like, and then he are was... you guys students? All right, all right. Yeah, like, he where'd you go? Emerson College? That's sick. And then, and then he walks away and then he turns back around and he's like, um, you know, your professor might teach you something, but you know, you got to learn. And I was like, thanks, man. I was actually really confused because his message started off like, that's great, you're in college, keep yeah. it up, keep yeah. learning. Then he turns around and comes back. All of a sudden, he's like, yeah, college is cool, but that's not what you really And then he learn. turns around again, and then he's like, do your thing or something. Like, yeah. That was weird. That was really weird. Like, work hard, like, do your thing, like, be who you are. And yeah. It's like, great. It was that really was like, bizarre. Yeah, I was like, thank you so much. Like, it was, I, I was kind of, it was, it was beautiful. Message. I mean, I needed a pep talk. Yeah, definitely. But then when we got off. Right, then we get on the tea, we get off. Yeah, I'm not Stephen gonna say, I'm not going to say what's up because I don't want people to know where I live. Yeah, exactly. But we well, get, you know, for multiple reasons. Not just that they'll come and visit you. Yeah. No. <laughs> you don't want to be embarrassed. Even lives in hell. Yeah. I, well, yeah, we all do. Yeah, we do. Um, here at Emerson College. Um, but we, uh, we uh, get off the train. We're walking. Past a hotel, past its heated right. lamps. It's, we're, we're underneath the heated lamps of some fancy hotel. I, yeah, of course, I, say hello I smell to the valet. Wine. Yeah, I, I always um, say hello to George, the um, valet. And then... I see we're we're walking down the street and there's these two guys coming from the other direction and I see they're this, kind of bouncing right they're walking I mean 
they're probably about our age, whatever. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe a little older. Yeah, maybe. They were kind of tall, so who knows. Right. We're both shorties. Yeah. Um, but I see this one guy, I see him looking at Jack as we're getting closer yeah, and closer to I him. Yeah, I think he thought it was I attractive. see him looking over, and then as we hit that point where we're passing each other... I'm guy, talking, by the way, out right, loud. He right. fucking interrupts me by doing we're this. We're having, me and Jack are having a conversation, and the guy... Touches Jack, literally center on the, of his on chest. On the tit. He touches me on my one hard nipple. It's always he, half hard. He gropes him and says, hey, how you doing? Yeah, he's like, hey, how you doing? He smiles to me, and he, he's grabbing my boob. Basically, yeah. And then he, he strides off. And then he didn't even wait for an answer. He didn't really want to know how Jack was I was, was like, doing. yeah, see you later, man. Like, I didn't know what to say. It was yeah. very uncomfortable. It was, and then it was, it was around that time where, like, in the Boston Public Library, things are just carted off. There's all these, like, like... Costumes or something, I can never figure out what that is. Huh? I don't know. This is just, I'm going crazy, guys. I'm no, I want to say it's not even that late. It's like 10 p.m. It's yeah. really not Oh, and very this is late. the thing is that what's funny about this is that we're, we're walking back to Steven's place, and this guy, I'm talking about the exchange that just occurred. And right. we're like, oh, like it was kind of aggressive. Like it was kind of violent. And I say the word violent. No, no, no. no. You, said he, you said, you said, I don't think he's... He's probably not violent. He yeah. probably wasn't violent. And then and this, then, like, Santa Claus... This like, guy who looked like Santa, he has a huge red coat on, he has a white beard, maybe, yeah, or, like, was, a white kind of, hat. He had, the, well, he had, like, a, a hat and this, like, long, white, like, like hair. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like it was, like, there was red on the bottom and white on top. I think <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the best way to describe <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He's just standing in the middle of the street, and he overhears the word violent, and he says... He says, I'm not violent. He's like, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm just a normal guy. Which you can tell in one second that he's not a normal man. Yeah, that he's like absolutely crazy. But But, (laughs) we walked past him and then he kept looking at us and saying it. He's like, no, no, I'm fine. Yeah, he's yelling at us. I'm a good person. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Right. You know? So anyway, we're nearing the end of our time here. uh, we should probably wrap up, finish up this MIT extravaganza. I feel like we really got in-depth here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we really got into it. Uh, so I, I'm assuming you didn't listen to the first episode of the show, Jack, which is fine. Uh, but we, do we yeah, have a rating I system? I definitely didn't. Like, why would I listen to my friends talk? You know, like, what? I can't interrupt also, you know? Like, if, if any of you at any moment start being, like, really annoying or something. Right. You I can't. Like, I'm talking to my phone, yelling at my phone, which is cracked, by the way, because of Steven. I'm not going to explain it. And yelling at my phone, like, oh, my God, shut up. You yeah, know? there's nothing you could do. Like, that's that's two out of five stars, man. <laughs> you would give my podcast two out of five stars. Hey, if I, if I listened, I, I don't know. I can't say it. Could I, you do me a favor? Could you just subscribe on iTunes? You don't have to listen to it. Me? Yeah. Just subscribe. I, I I, I want to be the most subscribed show on the network. <laughs> yeah, I think with my subscription, I think a lot of people will follow. I just, I have to get the word out there. And if you're the person I start with, then that's it. <laughs> I'll be the first. Yeah. Well, no. Is I, it on iTunes? It is on iTunes. Ooh. Yeah, it is on iTunes. I don't know how many subscribers I have. I could check, but I think it's too early for me to check. I think I'll be disappointed if yeah. I, like, message the person and you who have, takes like, care six. of that. And she's yeah. like... 
yeah, you have two subscribers, and one yeah, of them yeah. would be me. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Obviously, I subscribe. Yeah, Band in Boston, Stephen's podcast. It's really Band exciting, though, to go on my podcast app, and next to all the podcasts I listen to is my yeah. face. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it's but it's, like, well, it's a cartoon face. And, like, I'm gonna, when I upload this, I'm going to get a notification. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> You've got a new episode to listen to, and you're like, yeah. God damn. Yeah, no, I live this shit. <laughs> yeah, at least, well, at least it'll happen when you upload it. Yeah. You know, so you know. You're not like, oh, what, uh... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I will. It's not like I'm gonna be disappointed. I'll be disappointed, but not so disappointed. Yeah. Also, I might if I had a podcast, I'm gonna let the listeners know. I would call it "Singing in the Shower." I came up with. I don't know what it would be about, but you can let us know in the comment section of iTunes once you subscribe. Yeah, tweet at me Band what you think. Boston. Tweet at me what you think "Singing in the Shower" should be. Should I start? A, I'm not gonna start a Twitter account for the pod. I don't think. No. I will start a Facebook page though. Yeah, good idea. Yeah. That's get, better. Yeah, get your friends to like it. They'll share it with their friends, etc. Yeah, et cetera. Eh, we'll get there. I don't. <laughs> Who this, cares? This it doesn't is matter. just a way to pass the time We're until I fun. move away from here. All right, let's let's wrap yeah, up. Yeah, so we have to rate MIT uh, here at. Well, ben... first of all, wait. Let's let's go over what happened. We got bad falafel. Got yelled at by. Well, which is we didn't. You know, we, got, we didn't get yelled at. We we're just living Boston. It's like a normal thing. You know, we don't yeah. even call it getting yelled at. We call it talking. You know, here, but. <laughs> Uh, we got yelled at. We got some like bad. It didn't even pass for Mediterranean. I mean, it was just. It was, it was really just so disappointing. Bad. It was falafel. So disappointing. And then we, we got. Uh, I looked for Eva Braun around MIT and I couldn't find her. Oh, can you tell that story real quick? Yeah, sure. So, uh, my professor the other day. <laughs> explained to me that technically he's like a friend of a friend of a friend of Hitler. <laughs> like, I still don't understand. And then right afterwards he was like, I mean, I don't mean like a friend, yeah. but like, that's like his degrees of separation like a, a, a from boyfriend. Hitler. I, like a girlfriend. But basically it's like he's friends with someone who's friends with someone who's like related to or friends with someone This with this old lady who when she was a child like, basically knew Hitler. This is, like, towards the end of Hitler's life. She mm. knew Hitler as a little kid, and Hitler really liked her as this baby. Like, mm. there's photos of them together, maybe, like, hugging or something weird like yeah, that. Yeah. Maybe him holding her. I don't know her name, or else I would tell you to Google yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but there's, like, these photos exist of her as a child and Hitler as an old uh, dictator <laughs> right, right. together. So technically, my professor friend of a friend of a friend is, but is he said he said this lady like once she grew up she denounced Hitler and yeah, she's like okay, I'm I'm okay, not yeah, with yeah. Hitler I, mean, I think she's maybe a politi- was a political person in Germany or had some sort of political oh, power I don't remember I, I mean she was a baby how could she have known yeah. she, she definitely sh- wasn't Jewish we I'm, know that yeah I'm sure her parents liked Hitler yeah. And they were like, yeah, yeah guess, check look at this our shit beautiful out. baby, kiss our baby, sign our baby. Yeah. Yeah, in the way that your teacher is four stops removed from Hitler, I'm four stops removed from Hitler uh, because my family was murdered in the Holocaust. Okay, Jack, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. Okay. So we're anyway, walking around MIT anyway. trying to find a Nazi who I'm sure is extremely depressed and not good enough to be at MIT, thank God. And we never found her. We never found her, but hopefully maybe one day I'll run into her again. Yeah, I would be interested. Maybe we didn't recognize her. Maybe we walked by her, but she was like, she looked different. You know? I don't know, man. I doubt say? it. Yeah, I doubt it. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe people were studying for midterms, it seemed, anyway, so a lot of people were inside. 
Right, and then once we got past that, we just kind of wandered through MIT. We hung out, we, we went through this in. medical building, you know. We, we yeah, just, we did go in the hospital at one point. Yeah, we, we, you know, we just walked around, we had fun and felt the breeze, and it was a great day. Outside. We just kind of broed out and enjoyed each other's friends and enjoyed <laughs> each other's company. Yeah, it's I slid down this campus. sculpture a few times. It's yeah. amazing. They have the same sculpture at Stanford. Yeah, I, I think every... Technology school has to have that. <laughs> yeah, they, it's like just like it's like a four girders. on its side. Yeah, yeah. it's like b- red metal girders. Um, but anyway, so having said that, let's uh, let's rate our let's rate MIT out of five shamrocks. Five yeah. being one of the best things to visit like, in Boston. Well, I guess Boston is pretty good after. And all. one being don't. Like the Brattle would no, be a when, five out of five or something. Yeah, I would. Four out of I five. would give Brattle <laughs> five out of five. Yeah, Brattle like probably one of my four. But yeah, so just shamrock shit. Sum it up. Sum, sum it up for me and give me your shamrock score. I would say I was really tired. I was I was over overdrawn in some way. So I kind of feel like I was going into it negative already. I love MIT. I love what it represents. I love that they have such a high suicide rate and like a really weird car and like crazy men juggling balls and watching them fall, uh, you know, like in squalor and that their life is in shambles. That's how, as I like to say. But, um, and then we had bad falafel. But just the MIT experience alone, I gotta give it a, a solid three out of five shamrocks. You're gonna give it a three out of three out of five. Yeah. Yeah, I would say MIT like. I, I definitely admire a lot of the great work that's come out of there. That's one yeah. of the interesting things about walking the halls is, like, you see all these diagrams and uh, plaques and tributes and stuff. Which imagine just being a student and comparing yourself to that. To the history that. that has come through MIT and yeah. just all that they've yeah, accomplished. It's really wonderful. It's crazy. It's all stuff that obviously doesn't matter to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. uh, but it was, it's been done, which is nice. Yeah, like, did they, did they shoot a film in one take? No. You know, like how Chivo is MIT. And, Zero Chivo. Yeah, out of, and out of five Chivos. And yeah, they maybe write about global warming or something, but I don't know. We had that winter with like 30 inches of snow. So obviously. <laughs> that's right, that's right, um, that's right. But at the same time, like, how much can you really respect MIT if they take this really smart guy like Will Hunting and make him a janitor? <laughs> he should have been teaching the classes. He should have been teaching in the first place, especially when you can write such a great script. Yes. Anyway, I would also give MIT three shamrocks. Like, it's fine. I have no reason to ever go back there, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. But I'm glad we... We did it. Yeah, and, I mean, we could go Nazi hunting, but other than that. Yeah, I mean, that's on you, I guess. <laughs> I have no Are you anti-Semitic? I'm not for what she said, but I just, uh, I don't want to <laughs> get involved. Yeah, okay. You know, it's your f- battle to fight. <laughs> so it's three shamrocks out of it's, five shamrocks. We're both giving it three shamrocks. That's six and shamrocks. And that's about right. Yeah, six, six shamrocks, shamrocks is on the seashore or whatever. Six shamrocks, you're going to have a lucky 2016. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, so that about does it. Jack, do you have anything you want people to know about? Social media? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Boston still sucks. It yeah. really does. I don't have social media. You don't have social media? No, no work you want people to see? Definitely not. Not this okay. audience, no. Thank you, thank you. And, uh, yeah, so that's Jack McElfresh. He is like this all the time. <laughs> if you see me on the street, punch me in the balls! Yeah, if you hang out with him, you see him get punched in the balls I'm and in the violent, face like I swear, eight times. I'm not 
<laughs> All right. Uh, thank you again for listening to Band in Boston. Uh, subscribe. iTunes. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes. And, and give us you know, five out of five stars. And if you enjoyed this, tell one friend about it. Just one. You, Just one friend. You only have to tell one person and make sure it's someone who doesn't know who I am. If they're an anti-Semite, they won't like it. This one they won't like. <laughs> Show them the other one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
it's not fun. <laughs> it's really just Boston and Philadelphia that have it the worst, I think. Like in Boston, if you wear a Yankee shirt, you might just get punched in the face. It's just so strange because, I mean, you can, any day of the week, you can see someone walking around New York City with a Boston uh, Red Sox hat or, um, or like a Celtics jersey or anything. And they don't get the shit kicked out of them. <laughs> They'll get the shit kicked out of them because they have money hanging out of their pockets and that. <laughs> yeah, like a nice watch. Yeah, exactly. Why do you think that is? Like, why is it so tough here in Boston? Um, I think it's because it's the only good thing you guys have. <laughs> that would have been my answer, too. <laughs> it's <laughs> the all the one p- thing that they can hold on to and take solace in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They really don't like people disrespecting it. Like, 51 about my trains, but do not touch the socks. <laughs> yeah. Uh... So, on today's episode, I talked with my friend Jack about MIT. Uh, I was wondering if you had any particular New York insight into MIT. Like, from your vantage point, what do you make of MIT as an institution? Um, okay, so I only know one person who ever went to MIT. Uh, or I, he might even still go there, I'm not sure. Is it well, Will I, Hunting? It was not Will Hunting. Um... No, uh, it was uh, this kid I went to high school with. He was severely Asian, <laughs> uh, and uh, he like it was it was so unfortunate how much of a stereotype he was. Like he would wear the same Nike hoodie and blue jeans every day, and could be found with a graphing calculator in his hand at all times. Jesus, and and he. I remember when he got into MIT, that was a big thing for my school because I would say probably about 60 to 70% of the students who graduate and go to college go to the local community college. They actually call it 13th grade over there. (laughs) Um, Harvard on the Hudson, Hudson Valley Community College. Uh, And he got into MIT. And uh, to put that into context, I'll tell you... um, a story about one time I, I had an English class with him and uh, I think we were reading um, some it was poetry, I don't remember who it was by but he um, uh, gave some like the teacher asked like what is the um, poet mean by this and he gave some answer like oh like Literally and like analytically, blah blah blah, gave some bullshit answer, and then the um, teacher was like, "Well, no, actually, he's talking about um, his first time making love." Uh, and uh, <laughs> the guy in class, I don't, I can't think of his name. It's driving me insane. In class, goes, uh, "Oh, well, I have no interest in that." And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "You are destined for MIT." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't have any abstinence courses at MIT. They don't give you free condoms. They don't need it, man. Yeah, they just know. They have uh, natural birth control, and it's called pizza phase, dude. It's called numbers. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I don't want to think about the amount of trickle jerks that happen at that school. 
Yeah, it's like, it was interesting. We I've spent about an hour and a half walking around the campus in preparation for this episode, and you really don't see anyone out there who actually goes to MIT because you know they're all inside studying and circle jerking. And I don't believe they do it for pleasure either. I'm sure the masturbation is more of a bodily function. Right, because you have to clear the, the organs out. Exactly. When you get to 20 years of no release, of no, yeah. of no full release, uh, I'm sure that creates some sort of blockage. Yeah. I'm not a doctor. I, I just stayed in the Holiday and Express once. It's, I think it's really just about efficiency. It's kind of like how Albert Einstein only wore the colors black and white, so he didn't, he didn't waste time uh, having to decide what to wear. It's like the same thing, but oh, okay. with their penises. <laughs> yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but I don't know. I, 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 when we were recording the episode, I didn't want to lean in too hard on the everyone at MIT is a nerd thing, but it's probably yeah. true. Oh, yeah, that's a stereotype you can bank on. Like, I I mean, there's not a ton, but, um, I don't know, man. I, what, I mean, I, I know I keep coming back to this, but what percentage of that school is Asian? Probably a lot, right? I haven't looked it up. It's probably a lot. I can... And I, I know, and I hate to be that person that creates that stereotype or perpetuates that stereotype, but I just can't imagine being insulted by that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just so ridiculous. Like, like, how dare you assume I am smart because of my race? Like, why, are you, why do people get mad about that? Okay, I found the MIT diversity statistics. In fall 2016, the school is 25.7% uh, Asian. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, that's absolutely. I mean, especially if you think about, I think, what, like, less than 8% of Americans are Asian? Let me see if, for comparison's sake, I can find this for Emerson College and uh, Pace University. Um, Pace has a pretty large Asian population for its size, I believe. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm currently loading the Emerson website. Pace has a very different uh, Asian population, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, that goes without saying. They accept anyone there. Yeah, exactly. so this website I found is for Emerson's fall 2012 statistics, and we were 3.7% Asian. And so at 3.7%, based on your observation, does it seem like a lot of Asian people go to Emerson? Not particularly, though, I mean, I'm friends with multiple people from Hong Kong, like five or six people from Hong Kong, so I don't know if I'm sort of just in that world or if we actually do have a decent Asian so think population. About that. 20, 25, or so 3% uh, of your school is Asian, and you would say that there is um, an appropriate amount of Asian people at your school. I don't know if appropriate is the word I would right, use. That's, the, right, that's a bad word. That's but a weird... Like, yeah. There's a, there's a proportionate amount of Asian people at your school to sure. reflect the national population. Right. Now think about that times eight. Yeah. That's a lot. Like that's, There's a ton of Asian people that go to that school, and like, what is the correlation of that? I, I don't know, dude. Like, What is it about Asian culture that makes them stress academics? 
I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to speculate. <laughs> I feel like this was a topic I should have done some research on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so strange, but I guess that makes sense, because if you think, like, from what I know as a white person... <laughs> Which is and very you know, little. Statement starts with what I know as a white person. Yeah. <laughs> um, Asian culture, like, with them stressing academics, you see them not stressing social um, aptitude, really, <laughs> um, and social ability. Yeah. Um, because I guess they just don't see that that important. Because mm. um, have you ever noticed? A lot of Asian language, especially Mandarin Chinese, I've noticed this. It always sounds like people are like mad at each other. Yeah, I feel like that's but a lot I, of languages I don't understand, though. I was talking with um, with our good friend Anthony Edwards, um, who lived in Beijing. He spent a long time in uh, China, and he said, and he speaks fluent Mandarin, and he said, like, yeah, there really is no being polite in this language. <laughs> Everything is kind of barked at, uh, like at each other, and it's not like if you say something in that way, it's not perceived as rude. There's very, there's only specific words you can say that are rude, but it's never, it, there really isn't much difference in tone. Right. Which is pretty interesting. Yeah. I think. I think so too. Yeah, I don't know. I, I when we were walking around MIT, Jack observed that he really saw he thought it was overwhelmingly white. But again, a lot of people were indoors. Yeah, like the people we saw out and about. But there were really not a lot of people out on campus. On this, It was like a gorgeous Sunday afternoon. Was it cold? No, it was like 70 degrees. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if it was cold, that explains why white people love cold. Yeah, I mean, it, it was the rare non-cold day in Boston. Oh, God. Boston strikes me as the kind of city like uh, like London where it's always cloudy and rainy, but not in a romantic way. Like, yeah, it seems, it seems nice. Like, oh, it's always overcast and dreary, so you could sit and have a nice warm cup of coffee. Boston's like, yeah, it's fucking shit outside. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm up to my fucking neck in snow. My shoes are always waterlogged, even when I haven't left the house. In England, like, being in London during a snowstorm sounds magical. Being in Boston during a snowstorm sounds like hell. Yeah, and it is. I've lived it. <laughs> I, I don't even know what the difference is. It's, like, it, it can't, it, like, London has nice architecture, for example, but Boston does, too. There are a lot of areas with intriguing architecture along the lines of what you see in London, but it's just not well, the know, same. They, they call it New England. Yeah, that's where we got it from. That's what... <laughs> they also... I also read this article about how like, the fact that Boston streets don't have any sort of system to how they're arranged gives it, like, European charm or something like that. But that's uh, literally they, the only area in which you will see European charm in Boston. That's like sitting in a broken chair and saying you like it because it's quirky or something. Like, it doesn't work. Like, there's nothing good about something that doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. And city planning does not work. That place is a fucking maze. It's a mess, dude. It's really a mess. Every... It's, it's 
it's insane. It's like the West Village in New York City, but guess what? You can avoid the West Village in New York City. <laughs> yeah, it's, the West Village is kind of, like, curtained off. But here, it's everything. Exactly. You can't escape the madness. Uh, anyway, I wanted to get your opinion on one more thing before we close out this phone call. You mentioned your uh, uh, Yankee fandom. How do you feel about uh, Big Poppy retiring? Our dear friend, Big Poppy. I'm a Big Poppy denier. <laughs> I am a you don't believe he exists? Alright, so I believe David Ortiz exists. He, he has existed for 12 very good MLB seasons. Or more than that. Uh, maybe 17, something like that. But, that being said, Big Poppy is a sham. <laughs> the dude... Alright, so here's my problem. This year, if you, if you don't watch baseball, you probably wouldn't know. And even if you do watch baseball, you might not know because no one talked about it at all. Mark Teixeira retired this year. Mark Teixeira played for 14 years. He played with the Angels, the Rangers, and the Yankees. And he hit 404 home runs as a switch hitter, which is number five on the all-time list, which is crazy. Switch hitters do not have a lot of power usually. He hit 404 home runs. He played in four 162-game seasons, which means he played every single game that year. He had a world championship with the Yankees. He finished in the top four of MLB, uh, or MVP voting twice. He uh, uh, he had a 282 career batting average. He won eight gold gloves at first base and played exceptional first base his entire career, even in, to age 37. And he was probably the best first baseman in the league for most of his career and no one gave a shit when he retired and that's why I am a big poppy denier because the guy has he's loud and he talks a lot and he hits home runs he is a hero it's bullshit it's total bullshit he uh, when you look at the fact that Mark Teixeira um, he put up Slightly inferior numbers to David Ortiz. He hit about 150 less home runs in his career, but also he played less. Um, he had just about the same batting average, um, actually a higher slugging percentage, and more hits. And he, um, if you add that with him playing exceptional first base his entire career, something David Ortiz was never able to do, he never... Uh, uh, really played the field very well. He played passable first base for maybe eight seasons, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you add that in with their similar hitting um, statistics, they're very similar players. And if David Ortiz is a surefire Hall of Famer, then Mark Teixeira should be too. And that's why I am a big poppy denier. Well, we're all still feeling the loss here, and there's a huge hole in all of our hearts, but... That's also, a well-reasoned argument. And he was proven to use steroids. He tested positive in 2003. Yeah, I mean, that was unfortunate. <laughs> Mark Teixeira never used steroids. Well, I'll be sure to let Cooperstown know how you feel about this. Yes, you will. When this uh, podcast hits a big, I want to be remembered. Yeah, dude, you got in on the ground floor. I did, um... By the way, 
never listen to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I don't think anyone has. I will listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what time to skip ahead to so you can hear yourself. Awesome. I'll skip right there. Anyway, thank you, Pat. It was it has been lovely chatting with you. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Go Yanks. Of course. Have a good night, man. Have a good night. Jesus, typical entitled Yankees fan, right? My God. Anyway, that's been our show. It's Band in Boston, a podcast on the Light Switch Podcasting Network. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes, uh, like us on Facebook. Uh, and before I forget, I better plug Pat's radio show. It's called This Is Not Us. Uh, it's named after something I said, so it it kind of it runs on the ghost of my genius, so to speak. Uh, but it's called This Is Not Us, and you can hear it on WPUB.org from 6 to 7 on Wednesday nights. So check that out. Uh, and, yeah, subscribe on iTunes. You know what? Rate us five stars on iTunes. I'm going to be taking over the charts on the iTunes platform, so this is just the beginning. Watch out, iTunes. I'm coming for you. And, yeah, that pretty much does it. I'm very tired. I'm looking forward to next the next episode. I hope you are too, and uh, have a good night.